0: cash crisis my Venezuela once again the back all right we are live for a midday RTD News update. It's been a minute since so I've done live stream, but uh, due to schedule changes and things of that nature, trying to get in whenever I can. And so I appreciate you guys for taking time to bless me with your presence. Uh, let me make sure everything is flowing smoothly on my end. I have a lot of interesting headlines that, of course, none of this is by coincidence. Everything is intentional when you're in the midst of a reset, a.k.a. a rebranding of the global monetary system. And so I want to definitely share my thoughts with you as well, share with some headlines with you and then uh, we'll try to see if we can make this work and flow smoothly. So let me make sure everything is uh, running smooth. Let me see if we get a minute to make sure there's people in the chat here. Uh, streaming has interrupted recovery. So let me bar with me here. Get a little rusty after taking some time off. But anyway, welcome to the live stream. Uh, my name is Mike, the host of RTD. And uh, also want to get your guys thoughts on uh, the addition of Tom uh, for the Money, uh, the Politics of Money show. Uh, it was great to have him uh, come on and share his thoughts and opinions and analysis and so one of the things i've been trying to do for quite some time now is basically get some help on the back end it's you know, just too much sto- too much news too much stories to cover uh by for one person and so definitely by time stepping up and saying he'll help me i appreciate that a lot so he's gonna plug in tonight as well and it's just good to be able to you know partner with uh, like-minded individuals and so i welcome any people out there in the community that uh definitely have a unique angle which they want to share definitely would love to collaborate with you and partner with you as well so Uh, should be a good time man looking forward to bringing Tom and into the fold and helping him continue to just you know educate educate the public as well so we'll dive into that more but won't be long this morning just wanted to connect and uh, share with you some headlines because there's a lot of noise out there right now and i was actually listening to a uh crypto you know twitter space and it's 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 fairly large and there's a lot of people out there that's very anxious and nervous and there's a lot of unease out there about what's going on. And they act as if it's like a mystery that, you know, if this crypto space is supposed to be disruptive, they assume I think that it's just supposed to be a smooth pathway towards giving the people alternatives uh, that counters everything that the globalists, the banksters, the Satanists are trying to do against humanity as if it's going to be just smooth sailing that's completely not the case and it's quite obvious to me when i saw the recent uh, attack of the two largest exchanges within a 24-hour time frame it lets me know that they're trying to uh cause panic and fear in the markets in reference to the crypto space so that uh, it makes this upcoming rollout of the fed now launch which will be a small test run among small institutions it'll probably be received a lot easier by institutions rather than having the public uh, overly excited about the crypto space. Because as I always said before, I'm a skeptic of the space. I think it's just a temporary layover for the globalists to accomplish what they want to do in the long run. So between now and the end of all this, we'll have more of the truth. And it definitely will not be crypto saving the day and rescuing people and providing financial freedom and liberty, especially on an openly, publicly visible, trackable, traceable ledger. Anyway, I don't want to get on um, and beat up crypto. But amongst all the unfortunate news, there is some good news, of course, and I want to share with you um, some I- information at the very end of this in reference to something I've been keeping my eye on as well. And so it should be should be a good time and lots of interesting things out here happening. Hope everyone's doing well. If you haven't, uh, make sure you hit the thumbs up button, show your support for the channel. Uh, definitely helps with the algos, even though they're killing us nowadays, but do the best I can. And so on the short form content uh, with the short reels, as well as the RTD quick takes. Really enjoy being able to just concentrate, diet, put my head down and focus and deliver those. So if you guys find value, definitely uh, give a thumbs up to those and leave comments, of course. And if you find value in it and, and if it's informative, feel free to share so more people can find out what's really going on out here. Okay, and also if you guys have it, make sure you connect with RTD on all these alternative mediums as well. Good way to stay plugged in. And if you feel so generous and kind, want to support the community, support the channel rather feel free to support uh, monetarily speaking, anything helps. And definitely, uh, as I mentioned with, uh, having Tom come join me, the goal would be to be able to have, you know, him focus on a political side meets kind of on a monetary side and try to put people in right places to be able to share their gifts and unique talents with the community as well. So I would love to be able to offer those guys some compensation. If you know, there was money to be made behind his channel, even though the algos make sure that that's not possible, but long story short, if you guys want to support, It'll be appreciated. So, okay, let's jump right in, man. Let's jump right in. Appreciate everybody for for joining me. Okay, so what caught my attention? Let's get right into it. Um, So this is uh, something that I think is interesting. And once again, I mentioned it, it, it's it's not make or break type news, but it's just interesting, the timing of everything, because everything is strategically planned, there are no accidents. In the midst of a reset, and so we are in the midst of a reset. Just look all around us. Look at all the news that's coming our way about the economy and the monetary system from the out east to out west. It's just it's it's, it's interesting, say the least. But real quick, U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Today we charge Coinbase incorporated with operating its crypto assets trading platform as an unregistered national securities exchange broker and clearing its agency for failing to register the offer and sale of this crypto assets staking as a service program. OK, once again, Coinbase is the biggest, largest exchange that is publicly traded in our country. Definitely the SEC knows of its operations. They knew well before now uh, about its um, revenue models in a, in a form of staking. So they came out with this bogus attack. And ultimately, it's meant to just get a, get the headlines of the news to deter and to hinder the confidence of institutions. It's not about your average mom and you know, Joe and Jane, the average person who got a couple of coins in their wallets, whatever, whatever. Those are the small fries. It's to deter institutions from getting on board because of the unclarity, the lack of clarity, and the 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 un uh, the, the the okay, lack of regulatory clarity basically. And so. This is more so, in my opinion, something to slow down the headwinds that this space has created in reference to getting institutions excited about getting on board because it's not about having the Coinbase's, the Gemini's and all those small crypto institutions being the primary gateways for this space is meant to actually fall into the hands of the two big to fail banks in the future. And so the fact that this comes a day after Binance is what's even more concerning, just because Binance is international and they are fairly large. They're the largest, I think. And it says U.S. SEC charges crypto platform Coinbase one day after suing Binance. So Binance is about to go through a heck of a court battle. There's all types of talk about whether to be criminal, whether it's just the financial side or whatever. But the goal is to bring down Binance, especially here in the U.S. And so, ultimately, this will probably end up in a long-drawn-out fight where Binance will probably say, "Hey, we have to shut down operations in the U.S." Which, of course, will impact the crypto market because Binance, being the, one of the biggest exchanges in the world, uh, they're seeing a massive outflow of funds at this current moment. Just to show you how bad things are for them, Binance U.S. affiliate hit by net outflows of 790 million in the last 24 hours. So talking about an exchange run, you know, we had bank runs a couple of days ago. Now it's an exchange run. And so people are fleeing exchanges. And once again, the model has always been the crypto space, not your coins, not your not your keys, not your coins. And they were always telling people to get your funds off exchanges. So Binance served as they have various um, products that they offer their clients. And so a biggest tool, I think, is more so for traders. But by this outflow of capital now, it's definitely going to put pressure on Binance operations because whether or not they have co-mingling of funds, whether or not they actually have the funds in the form of the Bitcoin and Ethereum, some of the more bigger uh, projects out there, we'll find out. But it's going to put pressure on them. And of course, it's going to have a ripple effect throughout the rest of the um, crypto market as well. But mind you, this crypto market contagion is just a major distraction in the midst of a much bigger picture, which happens to be about the Fed now system, which comes in approximately three to four weeks, give or take. And I think it's just very, very, very timely. But let me share something else with you that I want to definitely touch on uh, that I shared in the, uh, on the on the Telegram page last night. Let me zoom in a little bit for you so i make it bigger. So this is something that we're in the midst of right now. And so I call it the great unraveling. And so I said here, the Great Unraveling plan is unfolding in real time by midsummer. It might be obvious to the masses. So right now, for those who pay attention to this stuff regularly, we kind of know that it's going to be a lot of confusion, a lot of chaos in the midst of the storm. But your average Jordan Jane might end up finding out closer to middle end of the summer when the economic pressures really cramp in based upon (laughs) <laughs> the, 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 the fallout from the issuance of over a trillion or so in the government liabilities that the world don't really want uh, is going to definitely catch some people's attention. But it says by the time, uh, by that time, it might be too late. And so here are just a couple issues here, a couple main bullet points of issues that we face that will definitely get more attention as we move forward. SEC sues Binance and CZ for breaking the U.S. security rules the June refill of the TGA is causing a shortage of cash, so the threat is all oh, that cash just floating out there. Money market accounts might come back, therefore removing more funds from the stock market. People may sell off stuff. Yada yada yada. It says Fed Now network will start up in July. Third point: bank capital requirements are going up by twenty percent because of all the contagion. Now somebody has to take somebody has to help reassure and refund the FDIC, so they're going to actually start pulling funds in, and the the fees that the banks will eventually be forced to charge will come from deposits. So they're going to charge you the bank on top of not paying you any interest. And of course, M2 money supply is still not where it should be historically for the most part low. And so those five things are just some of the key points we're experiencing today. As all this unwinds further into the summer, it's going to be hard to ignore these, uh, these, uh, these issues here. And so let me get into some more issues here. So here's just something that caught my attention. Jim Cramer, whenever he speaks, think the complete opposite, or sometimes I like to fill in the blank as to what he can't really say. But it says, if you had money and Binance, best, uh, best. I'm sorry, beat your fellow investors and get out uh, as your assets are co-mingled. First out, first out might get money. And so I'm thinking like, imagine if he was actually able to speak about the true monetary system and say, if you have money in your bank, beat your fellow investors, beat your fellow depositors. I put depositors there and get out. Your assets are co-mingled because, because, uh, yeah, they're, they're, you know, banking deposits are really co-mingled because it's just on a ledger. And so it's just ones and zeros on a ledger with, with the outskirt of that being a name with a certain figure that's a part associated with that claim on the co-mingled funds and banks. Cause there's nothing really there other than zeros, and so I just thought that was funny. But anyway, let me know if you guys find that funny. Keep it moving. All right. So Coinbase activity right now, down 13 percent on a day. That definitely causes some concern because it's going to be a long, drawn out battle. And for them being a public traded company, it's definitely not a good place for your shareholders to really be uh, putting more funds into right now, not knowing the outcome of what will happen when they go against the uh, SEC, because the SEC is the government. You know, the, it's one of the leading criminal organizations amongst all the other three letter agencies out there, in my opinion that uh they have the backing of the government and fed and everybody else. So they they got they can basically draw this out for, for quite a long time, i.e. what's going on with Ripple. And yeah, when you got the judges on the take and everybody else, like, you know, yeah, is it worth it? But we'll find out. So here's another headline. Coinbase crashes after SEC sues crypto exchange. So we'll find out what this fight is all about. But Gary Gensler, he's a puppet, he's a part of the the deep state organization, the principalities and powers that be, he takes orders from them. He's just a, a puppet figure. So he's going to do as he's told. And of course, he's told to make it very hard for the crypto space to make sure he shake out any, any confidence whatsoever. And of course, Gary Gensler, the SEC, all the regulators, they're all working in cahoots with the Federal Reserve system and what they're trying to accomplish. Because mind you, at the end of the day, whatever we think is just our opinion. But yet we can see from the monetary system itself, it is one big monopoly. And the banks are the ones that pretty much control the game, the the, the game of monopoly. And we're we're the pieces on the board, ultimately speaking. So everything that he does is basically what he's told to do. He's not calling shots for himself. And so here's a big thing I want to talk about. So Fed now. Uh, which is just an interbank payment network that is meant to make things instantly transferable amongst the banks and those who are signed up as members. That's what this reset is all about, Rebranding the monetary system in real time, somehow, some way, moving the liabilities from the commercial banks, putting them on the Federal or Reserve, and or somehow cooperating those and intermingling those operations together. So, here is an interesting article that happened to have flown under the radar a little bit. But then again, here we are now, it's time to bring it forth. So, how will the Fed make bank transfers truly instant? Because all of because the crypto space in general has thrived upon on the fact that it's no immediate third-party you know interference between the the peer-to-peer transactions is directly can be sent to you. And the truly instant narrative is one thing the decentralized community and cryptos have thrived on for the last what 12-13 years now of being able to make instant payments. And so the world knows that we have alternatives in the form of being able to use that space if we chose, but then again the regular system the legacy system is what is they're they're attempting to update right now and all this stuff in in between is just a noise to help them accomplish their goal which is to make, basically make bank transfers instantly on their side not you know in, in our best interest but real quick here's, here's some of the key points here i'm not going to bog you down with this but it says here this is an explanation piece as to why and what's going on it says while many countries are now offering bank payments in the blink of an eye Moving funds between accounts in the US can still take days. Electronic payments such as PayPal, Venmo blocks, Cash App are work, our, our various workarounds to speed up the process, but they are essentially intermediaries that interface with the slow banking system. So we got those third-party apps that interact with the commercial banks. So the, the goal at some point in the future is to get rid of all that extra stuff, which are the options that we've enjoyed using PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, stuff like that. And basically centralizing control all into one. It cahoots with the two big to fail banks because the regional banks, mom and pop banks, credit credit unions, they are all going to go bye bye at some point in the future as well. Real quick. So it says not a Federal Reserve has created has created a high speed transportation lane that allows for bank transfers within seconds. Ooh, wow. Like like we really need that. They want that anyway. So just some questions here that it ask and then answer. It says, why are U.S. banks payments so slow? obvious question. Next question. Why can't banks solve the problem by themselves? Oh, of course they can't. They need the help of a centrally controlled entity that is not whatever. So how does the Fed now work? 24 seven real time payment settlements at the blink of an eye. Okay, sure. What are the fees? Basically pennies on a dollar. How can I sign up for Fed now? You can't as there won't be a Fed now consumer app just yet because the fed now consumer app might end up coming in the form of a fed now instant payment because if it's a fed now instant payment processing center they're sending communication amongst one another and if currency i.e the gateways of this value transfer is economic energy through ones and zeros if it's done on their ledgers then ultimately speaking they can easily rebrand the name of that transfer and call it whatever they want because it's on their server so Implementing a Fed Now, Fed Dollar, Fed Digital, Fed whatever, in the form of an instrument that we receive and spend and send, will be easy because it's already on their servers or connected to their server. So the Fed Now consumer app is not too far away, and and it's the Fed Now consumer app is basically the digital dollar version of what they've been talking about doing all along. But it says here first, your bank will need to sign up to use the system. Because it's all about the system, people. It's all about who controls the system. And they're rebranding it. And plug it into the back end of the bank website or app itself. So taking that bank connection from the Fed now system, plugging it into the back end of your commercial bank will be a temporary gateway in the meantime, just to get this thing out there to the public at some point in the future. And so they already got the prototypes and everything ready. And it says here, will this kill providers like Venmo or Cash App? In time, it will. But of course, here they'll say, that's certainly not the goal. Well, duh. The Fed has always said, consumers are best served by a competitive payments landscape. Okay, competitive against who? Against the actual private companies out there like Venmo, Cash App. Those are the private companies that they are talking about competition. But then again, the Federal Reserve don't want competition and allowing people to have Real options such as gold and silver, or even if people want to choose Bitcoin or whatever else or Monero, they don't want those type of options, but they want to control the options that they consider competitive. It says almost 10,000 U.S. banks and credit unions will be able to join the U.S. Fed now, uh, given the country's work, uh, patchwork uh, of regional lenders and credit unions, a better chance of buying for payment business. Come on now. This just sounds like one big scam to me, but it's legal and it's lawful and it's coming from the government. So they get away with whatever. But once again, everything here is temporary. It's all temporary. It'll be something to get people sucked into it. And like always, they introduce it at first. And then over time, people forget that they've been robbed in real time. The best way to look at how people and this is something I've talked about before i a little bit, but this is the best way to tell how people forget very fast about the narratives as they change. Just 13 years ago-ish, during a great financial crisis. Prior to that, people were getting, earning interest on their deposits. The banking had set to crash. They come out with quantitative easing. The banks now are no longer giving you interest on holding your funds. And so they come out with a scheme called, you get cash back. Every time you swipe, you earn, <laughs> you swipe and you earn on your spending. And it's now 13 years after the fact, and people are really excited about you know, I, I get, I, you know, I, I get this after I spend this. It's like, how can you ever add to your current savings if you have to swipe a card to spend out of that? Yeah, I'll keep it moving. I don't want to bore you guys with that. Okay, a couple more things here, and I'll, you know, if you get all this information is out there, if you guys want to go find it for yourself, it says, uh, is the U.S. leading the way? And it says now the Euro Single Euro Payment System is doing something. Whatever It says, how soon will the bank offer Fed now? Fed officials uh, uh, expect the adoption to be slow and gradual, and it could be months, many months, before FedNow shows up on the bank's website or app. So, ultimately speaking, it's going to be a slow process. But this is a part of the plan. It says while there will just over there were just there were just over a hundred banks in the FedNow's pilot program, there's no obligation to use the service, and it's not known how many will choose to do so. So as of now, it's optional as they roll it out to test out the kinks in the beta version. But once it's fully operational, it will become mandatory. All institutions that are FDIC approved, all all institutions that want to deal with the current level of currency that will be given in the Federal Reserve System will have to sign up. Hands down. It says, will the Fed now invade my privacy? And of course, they try to say no, it's not, it's just a communication amongst the banks. It's temporary. Is Fed now a step toward a digital currency? So just this answer, so this question is answered when I go back up here. It talks about the Fed now connected to the system. And which which question was that? Uh you guys saw it. So anyway, so it's yeah. Anyway, anybody can better see that it's Fed now a step toward digital currency. Of course it is. That's why it's a part of this question here. And so the Fed the Federal Reserve is not going to go through all this energy to rebrand the monetary system and not a cost and not bring the currency along with them. The okay. A couple more things here. So now the debt deal is signed. Here we are now. Um, the demand for U uh, S treasuries. Is it still there? Even though everybody, and mother need dollars to buy things to spend things to pay off debt. But then once again, with the introduction of an impossible alternative coming that nations can get involved in, in the next couple of months or however long before the bricks come out with an alternative, there'll probably be more asset based rather than debt liability based Will people, would it be competition out there in the debt market? Because once again, it is debt. And as of right now, it's debt in the currency that most people in the long run have no real confidence in, but it's the only viable tool that's been used because it's so liquid. It's out there. It's just what we all know. But of course, everything good comes to an end at some point. So how will this do market preps for a, T bill deluge after debt slitting deal, and so real short and simple. This is an interesting little take on it. And so, why does it matter? Just because they're going to issue the largest, most the largest amount of debt will be issued in a very short time frame, and it hasn't been of this of the like since outside of a major crisis like 2008 or 2020. This is going to be the largest issue of T bills on record. It's kind of like watching a person walking across a tightrope, <laughs> a Jim Caron, CIO, global manager, whatever. So the tightrope is not without risk, but the walker believes the risks are knowable and can be managed. So all the debts come into existence. And the assumption is going to be that it's going to be in high demand. Everyone and their mother will want it. But then again, all the, finance institutions, the investment firms, the hedge funds, the pension funds, they're the suckers. They they have to buy it. So there will be buyers out there. But once again, we're we're witnessing the the non-performance of these liabilities in a high interest rate environment, which is causing the banks to have issues initially. And it's going to factor in the coming uh, commercial real estate debacle that's also unfolding. And so, Uh, What else is here? Just a couple more things. y'all. spare you guys that, but the government will likely need to issue as much as 1 trillion. 1 trillion will be added to the current monetary base. Yeah. Think about it. I was thinking about this the other day. Like I I follow a lot about retirements and things of that nature. And people ask these questions with, do I have enough to retire at, you know, whatever with a million dollars or 2 million, I'm thinking like in today's environment, it'll get you, it'll get you by for some time. Me asking that question, someone who's not looking to retire, you know, ever, but 34, 30 years from now, whatever, that number will be whew, That, whew, it's, whew, it's gonna be whew, it's gonna be a lot bigger. <laughs> anyway, uh keep it moving. But it's gonna be a it's gonna be a major fall off from that as well. Okay, on to the on to the another press issue that will we could get more talk. We'll talk about more as well. It's been here all along and it's going to get more attention. It says universal basic income of nearly 2000 a month to be trialed in England for the first time. Two thousand dollars a month. Yeah, I'm gonna let that I'm gonna let that be <laughs> for the first time in England. There's a part of their cost of living and, and you know, cause we've got a cost of living crisis over there. That's what they call it. It says 30 people in UK could receive $1,600 or $1,900 each month if the trial by independent think tank autonomy secures funding. The basic income payments are estimated to cost 1.5, 1.15 million pounds through the duration of the two year project. So why would you be looking to test something if you weren't planning on initially, you know, eventually rolling it out and making it, you know, a a mainstay? And so. You see, some people on on people who are not informed of what's going on, they'll see two thousand a month, you know, income coming. Like they'll look at it as like, oh man, my life's gonna change because you know I get either more or I don't have to work or, or whatever. Not realizing at the same time that extra billion or two or three or four that's brought into existence to provide those funds are the same things will, that will cause the cost of living to go up even double what you're currently experiencing now. So the answer to the problem is not more of the same problem which is the currency. But of course, people don't know that, but this is the UK, but it's just not limited to there here in the great state of Michigan, Ann Arbor to give select households, $528 a month in guaranteed income for two years. I'm going to I'm just leave that. Let that right. Let that right there. Leave, Leave it right there. Let you guys chew on that one. Okay. Some other issues that of course will get more attention. People say, Oh, you know, you know, the deep state, you know, they in their boots, they scared, they shaking, they losing. You know, OK, sure. But the who is working towards a one government system. And as of right now, the primary focus is on the presidential candidates. We got so we got Trump, DeSantis, Kennedy, Pence put his name in there. We got Biden. Those are the five primary puppets. So people are going to be solely focused on the political side for the next couple of months. Not realizing that behind the scenes, Biden has already signed off (laughs) on the U.S. joining the WHO, and which is basically signing over our, basically eliminate eliminating the Constitution and signing over our country to, to one world government. That's ultimately what this boils down to. So real quick here, it says WHO moving forward with a global system for digital health IDs. So it was introduced during the whole pandemic, didn't go away. Was just put on the back burner to the right time. And as this stuff moves forward, it will be reintroduced again. But when it's reintroduced, it'll be given more of a governmental backing because every nation that's signed up for this program will be forced to then implement these policies. And I'm not quite sure what the response would be amongst our own Congress because they have been removed out of the way in this type of uh, information. So will the U.S. be able to push back and completely other than just, you know, not complying and saying no to it. But then again, on the flip side of that, there'll be some things, some privileges and benefits lost lawfully because our government can say that if you don't participate in this, then you can't get ABCD. And then it's going to be one of the things just like it was two years ago where people were confronted with the fact that if I don't, if I don't participate in this experiment, I might lose my job. So it's gonna be like, uh, what do I do? So that is still in the future. And, then, and so to the same story, U.S., Canada, and France expressed full support for the WHO pandemic treaty. And so just a real quick here. The U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Service, Xavier Becerra, an unelected bureaucrat who was appointed by Joe Biden with the consent of the U.S. Senate. So once again, he's just, uh, you know, uh, uh, he's a bought and paid for puppet that got a position as the Secretary of Health and Human Services of our country. This is what he said. But Carl said that the U.S. is committed to work to to the work of the who's intergovernmental negotiation body. So the one world, the foundation for the one world government, this is still you know early phases. But the foundation for the one world government is called the intergovernmental negotiation body, the INB, the groups that are responsible for drafting and negotiating the pandemic treaty, the internal international health regulations uh amendments the uh, strengthening of a bio quote bio surveillance and data system for early warning to biological threats and the enhancement of equity and pandemic preparedness and responses so yeah i'll leave it right there but our u.s health secretary is on board with it so and then here's some other news here in reference to just the public private partnership agreements that happen to be coming at the same time California insurance market rattled by withdrawal of major companies. So State Farm, uh, I'm sorry, Allstate and was it State Farm. I think it was a State, uh, State Farm and Allstate basically in California due to the climate situation. They're pulling out on signing future or, you know, uh, signing up future homeowners due to all the issues with climate da da. da, 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 da basically reassuring people. They're going to cut back on that. So if you take away all the private companies that insure, your average insure, your home, your car, whatever, who are you left with? Not many choices. So they're going to narrow down the choices you have towards being able to insure yourself. And then if you don't comply with whatever options that are available, the government will step in more than likely and offer something like they always do, but it's going to come with strings attached. And of course, those strings happen to be more liberty or less liberty, less freedom, less choice, less freedom of speech and everything else in between. So those are the type of things that will come as a result of this. Dwindle so down competition, make it to there's only one or two options, and then you're stuck. So, so that this is how they'll make it very difficult for people to have ownership of things because if you can't insure certain things or it's very costly, then that impacts your ability to uh take out a mortgage and so forth. So it makes it easier for people to become renters. But then you might need renter's insurance. So come on now, you see where this is going. Anyway, this is just news, man. This is just news, and, and this is what's happening. Mayor Adams wants to pay New Yorkers to host migrants in their homes. So they're they busting them all around the country on purpose to cause chaos. Mind you, these are, all these people are being bussed around the country. They're just Democratic voters in 2024. They're on the take to vote. So come this presidential election, if we get to that point with no problems, it's going to be a landslide victory that the Democrats win. Biden gets elected for a second term, predicting it's not. Biden gets elected for a second term because we've got everybody who came in this country, there's going to be an additional 100 million votes (laughs) and and the ballots and everything else in between is going to go towards Biden or whoever else. And people will be outraged again (laughs) as if it was ever really to be a fair election, if there's such a thing anyway. But anyway, I just, you know, I'm not making fun of it, but this is at some point you got to laugh. It's just because when you see it and, I, you know, just being one one verse, one person, one voice, there's not much you can do about it. It is what it is. But anyway, so that's just what's happening in the news, what caught my attention. But real quick before I dial off, uh, you know, some interesting things that I am keeping an eye on. Um, and outside of all the noise, outside the distractions, you know, there are opportunities out here. And so that's one of the things I enjoy doing is being able to connect with people who are actually building things, trying to, you know, put out, put, put funds in people's pockets. So whenever I have a chance to speak with CEOs, I always love picking their brains. And actually towards the end of the summer, I'm, I'm trying to shift things up on my side. So I'm actually trying to get out here and go to some of these gold mines just because I want to see what it's like. I want to put my hands, put my boots on, put me, get my hands dirty. And so I'm actually in, in, in the attempts of working on um, an opportunity to go and to just get involved in that space, learn some new things on my, on my own, just because I think there's a lot of opportunity in that space. And so uh, just real quick, I want to give you guys an update. So last uh, was it a couple weeks ago, I had an interesting interview with Tim Smith, who is the CEO of U.S. Gold Mining, Inc. And so we had a great discussion and some of the things he's breaking down because I love asking questions. And so they had the Whistler project and that's the, what's going to be the most exciting. And so as of now, their IPO uh, just ended. So they got the funds, they're getting things ready to go. And so it's in Alaska. So I'm actually, I, I, I spoke with them trying to get up there and, and, and go when they started drilling and stuff like that. So that's one thing that excites me. So a lot of good things happening uh, out of the U.S. gold mining. And so as of now, just give you some activity here. So since we last spoke, um, it's been doing pretty good. And so U.S. gold mining is USGO. So as you actually see here, it 14, 7, it's 14.77. And so when their IPO first launched back in uh, April, it was traded at about 915. And so as of right now, so at 1450 and with what they project and what he tells me of about what's in the ground, I think it's 9.4 million ounces or something like that. They loaded with cash, they ready to go. And I'm you know, interested in this type of stuff. So this is where I've been focusing more of my attention, trying to understand this and dive deep into this. And so I want to definitely share with you what interests me. And if, if it's of interest to you guys, I encourage you to do more investigative work for yourself. But Oh, just some things here. It says, uh, this is one of the articles that came out after we got done speaking, me and Tim. It says, U.S. Gold Mining mobilizes field teams to execute on the 2023 exploration program at their Whistler Gold Copper Project in Alaska. And so that's what I was basically talking about. But real quick here, and of course, I encourage you guys to find out more information for yourself on this if it's an opportunity that you want to consider for yourselves. But it says here, um, USG is planning on announcing the following of successful completion of his initial IPO back in April, which it raised $20 million in his IPO. said so his company has approved its 2023 exploration program. So give an idea what that program is, is here's it's broken down in phases. So phase one of the company's inaugural exploration program has commenced with the field crews undertaking rehabilitation work on the existing Whistler camp, which will enable the uh, components of the core drilling, the mine engineering and the engine uh, environmental baseline studies. So the company's board of directors has approved a budget to commence the execution of phase one for a two year program, including core drilling up to 10,000 meters. And so this Whistler project here is what um, seems to be a lot of promise in there. And it's something about that Nova Scotian slash Canadian regions is just naturally rich in resources. And these companies here are doing a great job of trying to extract that uh, wealth for their investors. So. I'd encourage you guys, if you're interested, find it out more for yourself and uh, go from there. So I'll actually put this down in the description. But these are some things that are uh, of att- of interest to me because once again, in the fiat world, as it's crumbling, it will be reflected in the share prices of these companies because they are the ones that actually go on the ground and get the real gold and silver. And especially with uh, what might be coming in the near future with um, the BRICS announcing something, it's definitely going to be gold in that equation. so... Having exposure to these type of things could definitely pay off in the long run. So, if you guys are interested, you know, go educate yourselves a little bit. But anyway, I just want to log in for a quick minute, share my two cents on what's happening—the good, the bad, the ugly—and uh, hey, it is what it is. But nothing is by accidents. everything is intentional. We're in the midst of a reset. What better way to distract, divert attention, other than to put pressure on the crypto space so that the Fed now system can roll out smoothly in some capacity and. You know, we'll see, but uh, it is what it is, my good people. But anyway, uh, be blessed. And of course, enjoy the rest of your day. Stay prayed up. And then tonight, Tom is going to log on again at 7 30. So for those who came in late, as I mentioned, I'm excited to have Tom join me. It's just good to be able to get some help on the back end to deliver news, deliver information. And of course, it's all about the community. So give me feedback, connect with him, definitely, you know, help him get better and vice versa, because he's uh, very passionate about uh, trying to decipher and filter through this and make sense of it as well, such as myself. So as I mentioned, if we got any other community members out there that love this type of stuff, reach out to me, man. I would love, love to, maybe be able to help you if I can and I'll go from there. But anyway, um, be blessed, be safe, my good people. I will see you guys later. And other than that, enjoy the rest of your day. Hoarding a massive amount of food, they will soon have over two thirds of the globe's corn reserves, over half of its rice and over half of its wheat. But when asked about it, China lies. So what does China know that we don't? China is the world's number one importer, relying on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. This makes them the canary in the coal mine when it comes to global food shortages. As Americans, we need to be prepared for potential food shortages. That's where For Patriot Survival Food comes in. Their kits are compact, stackable, and have received a five-star review for their flavor and taste. And right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by using code RTD at checkout at 4 Don't wait. Prepare today. Once again, use code RTD.